you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello, welcome back to the OTI Podcast. This is Colin Kelly, and uh, you probably hear some laughter in the background as Doug done an Irish impersonation of me uh, prior to uh, starting this, and I'm actually going to have to put that somewhere as an outtake uh, in the show. But my name is Colin Kelly, and I am joined by my co-host here, Doug Moore, and uh, as well on the podcast today, we're, we're joined by Nick Whelan uh, of DLF, and uh, of course of the De- uh, the Debbie Report, which has come out this week. We've been doing a lot of talking about that. But uh, I'm going to go to Nick first because uh, Doug's in the bad books after his terrible Irish impersonation that you will hear at some point in this podcast. <laughs> How's things, Nick? Uh, things are good on my end. I, I have all week off being in education. It's my spring break, so uh, I got some time. That's uh, that's good, and obviously when you have the time, uh, it's good to talk about football as well. Obviously, the, the Debbie Report coming out this past Monday, which was also... Uh, your birthday, I believe, so a belated happy birthday to you, Nick. There, but obviously, it's a lot Thank of you. a lot of work has gone into this for you. I know each and every year we've had you on, uh, kind of to talk about it, but it has now become something that's kind of getting bigger and bigger every year, and uh, a hugely impressive kind of artifact, maybe we'll call it, that you can dig into. Uh, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what Devi is, uh, obviously there's a lot of leagues, fantasy leagues now, and dynasty leagues in particular, that have kind of started to go into Devi leagues as well, where you pick some developmental players that are based in the college system. Nick takes a look at the college players then that are heading into the NFL draft uh, as we approach that in the next couple of weeks. Any players you've seen in the combine and so on, uh, there'll be lots of reports in it about them. But I'll, I'll give you the floor, Nick. To, to, you'll be a bit better able to sell what the Devi report is than, uh, than me going ahead with it. Oh, thanks. No, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, thanks for the birthday wish. It was kind of a, a fun thing. Uh, I was like, hey, I'll release it on my birthday. And then there's just more and more to do that I basically <laughs> didn't do anything Saturday, Sunday, or my birthday. I thought I was going to get it done in the morning and then I'm like afternoon. And then it was like late and I was kind of freaking out. So uh, there's just so much time that goes into it. So I, I hope people appreciate it. But basically what I do is I I just try and save people time. That's how it kind of started. I was like, hey, I can just make something and save people time from looking up and, and looking at film. And it's kind of created a, a monster, really. Um, it's 178 pages this year, which is up 34 pages from last year. Um, 254 player profiles. So I, I look at, and every year it changes. So even if you're a sophomore, and I've already looked at you twice, I look at them again, and I go over kind of what I already had for them and then what i have for them you know brand new this year i'm like oh, and i always like to compare because it's interesting um you know to see players improve and i'm actually going to talk about that a little bit later but um so yeah i talk about you know their, their heights and their weights which changes year by year and how they progress their strengths their weaknesses and and the difference between kind of what i do and what rivals or 24 7 sports or scout.com what they do when they have like incoming kids from high school into college, I always project what the NFL is going to do. Cause it's a very different entity of seeing like how they're going to be in college versus how they're going to be for an NFL prospect. So hopefully I save people time. Uh, this year I'm going to include some videos. I haven't gotten to that yet. I was hoping to get to that today. I wasn't able to, I probably will tomorrow. Um, and that's going to be just basically me talking through answering questions and, uh, trying to get people more for their, their money. But, uh, it's the Debbie uh, and it's 10 bucks. Yeah, and as Nick mentioned, the TheDevyReport.com, and later on in the podcast, we'll be giving you an opportunity telling you how you can win a copy that Nick has been kind enough to uh, give a, let us give away here uh, at Overtime Ireland, so we'll be doing that later in the show, so do stay tuned to that, and uh, you'll obviously hear a huge amount of uh, knowledge and great info that Nick has to give us as the show progresses. 
But obviously, uh, as we start the podcast, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening in. You can find us uh, on Twitter uh, at Overtime Ireland, Dogs on Twitter at the More NFL. And of course, the podcast can be streamed on OvertimeIreland.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, tune in all the great ways to listen to the show. Uh, so I always like to, to thank everyone for tuning in at the very start. I also want to give a plug to our partnership to our friends at NFL Shop Europe. They have given our listeners a code for 10% off all orders on their website. They have pretty much any NFL gear you want to get uh, sorted for your team, whether it is maybe it's something to hold your beer, uh, keep your hand nice and toasty and keep your beer nice and cold. They have sleeves for bottles, sleeves for cans and so on. If you want to do that, they have uh, baseball hats with all the NFL teams on it, lots of t-shirts and obviously the NFL jerseys, lots of merchandise on there and game balls and so on and so forth. So check them out. You get 10% off if you use this code OTI10 at checkout. That is OTI10 at checkout for 10% off all items and all orders on their website. Their website is europe.nflshop.com. That is europe.nflshop.com. Doug, I've kept you out of the loop here purposely kind of for uh, the last couple of minutes, but uh, how's your week been? <laughs> it's been pretty It's been pretty good. It, it, it's funny, you know... The reason I'm able to impersonate you, you you said right before the show you're going to change up your words, and the reason I laughed is because you didn't. <laughs> uh, no, no, but my my week's been good. You know, it's still only Wednesday. Nick has it off, and you could hear me being slightly jealous in the background. Now, Nick, I'm I'm just curious. You you get a week off, obviously, for spring break. Now, does that does that take away from how much vacation you're allotted? On top of that, no, that's already banked in. What? So so you get even more vacation. Well, I get I get summers off too. So yeah, so, so uh, yeah. I mean, like, keep rubbing salt in the wood. But, <laughs> but, but um, no, but Nick, I guess I, I have a question for you, just so in case anybody does ask the Devi report. Um, in regards to obviously, you do a lot of player profiles. Is this strictly for, you know, I know this is obviously for for some fantasy purposes as well. But is this just strictly like offensive playmakers that you're looking at? Or is it just every position? I'm just curious how you look at that, how you determine who you look at in regards to, um, you know, positions and also how far down, like, the NCAA you're looking. Like, are you looking in, in 1AA? You're looking in Division two. How do you determine all this? No, and, and that's a good question. And, and, you know, my biggest fear with that, Doug, is that I, I'm always going to not find – like some gem, you know what I mean? So that's why like, it, it's expanded to how, how many players, not only do I have 254 player profiles, but I have like another 139, I think players to like watch or keep an eye on, you know? So really it's a bunch right, of players, right, but right. Cover everybody. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't dip into, um, into like the FCS a whole lot. I think I've only mentioned one, um, that's one I'd actually like to do that more in the future if I can get more time, which this takes probably five, 600 hours in its own right. But uh, it's quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And it's kids that are going to be coming into college next year. So they'll be true freshmen all the way to seniors that are, you know, they could be Richard senior next year for all I know. So there's, um, it's, it's a lot of concise for everybody. Now in regards to, you know, obviously you're looking at the, the offensive skill players, which, you know, you, you know, obviously you're, you're a fancy guy. You do right for DLF. You're, you're, um, you know, you got your podcast with, uh, film metrics, I believe it is with, uh, with George. Um, how much of this is, is, is fantasy based for you? And how much of this is, is, you know, real life football, quote unquote, uh, for you when you, when you put in time to this report and, and what you put into your results and what people can look at. 
No, that's a really good question. I, I think it always starts for me with real football because that goes into my background with coaching in college and all the places that I've been. Um, that's what makes film a little bit easier for me. That's why I'm not a, a numbers guy. Like you said, George is like, I just, you know, I don't know what those advanced metrics are. I mean, I watch the guy. Can he play? Can he not play? Um, where it kind of goes into the fantasy part is when I when I look at someone and I say, hey, can they can they play? in the NFL. And then if they can play in the NFL, they're going to be like a factor. Are they going to be worth something? And, and just a, a note. So the first year I did all of this, Doug, I looked at Brock Osweiler. Okay. So I watched a whole game of him at Arizona state. And I was like, I am not impressed by this guy. I watched another half a game and I just stopped. I said, this guy is not good. He's not anyone that I ever want on my like fantasy roster. So I stopped. Well, he gets taken in the second round and then, you know, obviously everything that's kind of happened and kind of spiraled back down. I still think I'm kind of right there that he wasn't really good. But... Uh, I would think that's I think that's a pretty safe assumption. You know. Yeah. He, so I mean, I think the Texans are like with the, you there. He had like the Matt Flynn, but like he had like the Flynn, but like times three sort of snowball effect where he might have had one or two good games. I don't even know if that qualifies. And then you know, <laughs> you, you look at him and and, and uh, now I I think you know as people say, for example, with Osweiler, he's uh, uh you know basically he's just salary cap at this. Point. So I, I would say that you're pretty pretty spot on with how you how you uh, assess him, <laughs> going yeah. back to Brock Osweiler at least. I guess in the end, I just try and blend them both together. You know what I mean? Because I think that I think the whole Dev report isn't just for people in a Debbie league. I think that's a big kind of uh, a misnomer because you can well, like college football and read through. Oh, hey, who are these guys? Oh, hey, my my favorite team's Notre Dame. Let's say and Notre Dame's playing Louisville. Okay, who is on Louisville and I should keep track of? Or who are some guys you know in from my NFL team and that they could draft next year? Like it just it should save people time, and that's kind of the purpose. Yeah, and I actually think that's a good point, Nick, that you made to explain, because I, when I was explaining it, I kind of mentioned what Debbie was from a fantasy perspective, but definitely uh, from a college football perspective, it is much more uh, than just the fantasy outlook. I know two of the players that you're very, very high on uh, this season, uh, or in this draft class, are Corey Davis and Cortland Sutton, and some uh, some you know boards don't have them quite as high as you would have them. I know Corey Davis in particular, somebody you're extremely, extremely high on. What makes them uh, top prospects in this class for you? That you know over some of the guys that are more talked about at, at this present moment in time. Um, well, sour grapes a little bit here, but <laughs> Corlin Sutton went back to school, so you know I, I wanted him to come out, and he didn't, but uh, I still I still support him if he's listening. Um, I think what I like the most about both of them is work ethic. And I know that's something that is, that can't be measured, but it's something that you can definitely see in film. So, um, you know, you can see a guy at the combine his 40 time and how far he can jump and how high he can jump and how long he can, or how, how quickly he can run between these cones, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not football. You know, what I like to see is that Corey Davis was a body catcher and was a little bit underdeveloped as a freshman, but still had the most FBS yards of any freshman wide receiver. Then his second year, he got more athletic, better route running, and then became mostly a hands catcher. And then his junior year became really athletic, started getting so much separation. And then he was only a hands catcher. And then this last year he just dominated. Like, so I could see this progression of this guy that noticed all of these weaknesses within his game and worked at it. And to me, he's going to do that in the NFL. Then that's something I want to see versus a guy that's already athletically gifted and couldn't do it. Like Sutton this last year, he got much better with his route running and he became a more well-rounded wide receiver. His first year was just kind of an athlete, just kind of doing it. But this year he kind of took his game to a next level. And that gets me excited when guys have that work ethic to kind of want to be better. On a scale of one to infinity, uh, Nick, 
how much does it boil your blood when you saw? I I'm not sure who it was, but someone mocked Corey Davis going in the second round of the upcoming draft. To me, to me, uh, is there a number beyond infinity? Doug, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, granted, this is this is just hearsay, but I, I wanted to sort of. I, I knew your blood's probably boiling and seeming through the phone right now, the the steam. So I was just curious what your take is on 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 something like that, and and uh, just for, just for the hell of asking you. Well, to, to me, what what upsets me the most about it now? I know I'm I know I'm like married to these guys, and if you see my Avi on Twitter, I'm literally married to Corey Davis, which is just kind of funny. Yeah, but... I, I saw I, I saw that. I was about to say, you know, what what do you what do we know or what do you know that we don't about uh, Corey Davis? Yeah. And I, I never thought he would look so decent in a dress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, his hands are really soft. Um, so <laughs> I think. I think what, what what bugs me the most about it, though, is that I think people see Western Michigan, this receiver, now he's got this ankle thing, and they dismiss him. But if you if you literally turn on the tape, it, it's not just a numbers thing. It's not like he's playing at Texas Tech or Washington State, these places that just air it out all the time. He legit plays and can do everything. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the route running, the yards after the catch. He has literally everything you're looking for. Is he going to become Julio? Probably not. Is he going to be a really good receiver in the NFL? He is, and that's why I don't think that anyone is even close to him in this wide receiver class. John Ross can run faster in a straight line. John Ross can do nothing else better than Corey Davis. And uh, Nick, when you were talking there, you mentioned how much he improved from being a, a body catcher to a hands catcher. And I know uh, sometimes when we talk on the, our podcast and you talk on your podcast, sometimes we probably think that everyone listening is uh, you know into football all year round as we are and know all the different terminology. Obviously, uh, a body catcher, when the ball kind of hits off your shoulder pads, that you're obviously going to have a huge amount of trouble catching those that can ricochet away. But just in terms of a hands catcher, for any of the listeners that aren't uh, 100% aware of it, do you want to give a, a little bit into that? No, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I, I think it, there's there's a lot to it. And as you said, so when the ball gets closer to your body, there's less chance, in my opinion, if, if you catch it with your body, yeah. that it becomes a completion. It could be incomplete. It can kind of go anywhere it wants to go. But the other key part of this is that that's another, I don't know, probably three to four feet that the ball has to travel for you to make that reception and that's more time in the nfl especially for a defensive back to get their hand in there maybe step in front intercept the pass more things that could happen but if you extend your hands out to catch the ball then that gives you more chance for completion and to turn and get yards after the catch in a quicker variety maybe even if the the defender's hands in there you have so much hand strength that it's not going to be an incomplete pass so there's a lot to that that I really like um, and I think that you can still win in the NFL and being a body catcher at times but there are other times where you necessarily you have to be a hands catcher now again and when I say that um, that's going to be in your chest stomach region you can't be a body catcher when it's outside of your framework if that makes sense yeah and uh, you know you'll see a lot of times Larry Fitzgerald in particular catches that he makes you know extending your arms out there's a lot of times too I find if people try and catch it with their body it's that if the defender comes through to make that hit if you have your hands out in front sometimes you can make that contested catch but if you're trying to catch it at your chest you get hit in the back it's very very hard to maintain control of the ball and just when you're talking about hands catcher you know sometimes you look at somebody like uh, all right body catcher somebody like maybe ted again or somebody as well like uh, this year on that flea flicker pass doug you'll probably remember exactly who it was against but chris hogan caught a touchdown towards the end of the season this year and it kind of half ricocheted off his shoulder pads and he still managed to catch it for a touchdown but 
you know, a wide open catch. Oh mid. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, Should yeah, be made yeah. very, 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 very simply. But uh, you know, if you let it hit those pads, it's it's very, very difficult uh, to maintain control. Uh, next question up, Nick. And you know, looking at this quarterbacks class, it's obviously not been as touted as much as some of the classes in the past. And next year's class already starting to be talked up. But you know, a lot of times a year out prospects even like the guys in this year's class were thought of as you know high-end nfl caliber starters possibly but this year um, we're seeing them kind of been kind of dampened down not a lot been talked about them Uh, espn's rich samini reported this week that uh, the jets are very intrigued by uh, mitchell trubinsky you know coming into this class and you know we'll see if the jets do take a quarterback they've uh, inked up josh mccown for the, the upcoming season but with this class, is there anything that you think that could potentially, uh, you know, develop maybe in a, a year or two down the line into a, a competent NFL starter? I'm, I'm not really confident in this quarterback class at all, yeah. and, and that kind of stinks. I mean, I'm, I'm a Bears fan, so I, I know I know Doug's got his Jets. Well, no, you're not a Jets fan. You're Patriots. a Patriots fan, right? Yeah, so no, never mind. Doug has no but... quarterback worries, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah. Shut up, Doug. Well, why, why couldn't why couldn't they give the Bears grapple? That's what I really want to know. But uh, I think as a Bears I fan, I, <laughs> um, but as a Bears fan, like I I wanted to believe in one of these quarterbacks. I, I wanted to be like, okay, yeah. you finally have the third pick. You can move on from Cutler and get a guy that's gonna be that future guy. And I don't see it. Um, you you said Mitch Trubisky. He's the one that I like the most out of them all. Um, I think that he has the most. I know this is going to sound crazy. I think he has the highest floor of them. I know people want to say that's Deshaun Watson because of how many years he started and the success he had at Clemson. But I just don't like his accuracy. I don't like his arm. I think Trubisky has a better arm. He has better accuracy. I think he makes more plays. I think Kaiser has the most upside of them all, but I think he is super raw and he's all over the place. He kind of reminds me, and I know I hate to say this out loud, but he kind of reminds me of, of Hackenberg a little bit where it's this it's the accuracy <laughs> is raw. <laughs> the accuracy That's is off despite sense. the yeah like his his just fundamentals aren't consistent and and when you can't be accurate with all that it's accuracy is it's everything when you're inaccurate in the nfl it's interceptions it's not just incompletion so you know he worries me i don't think and i've heard he's got some head issues too with confidence and being down on himself and that as a quarterback that's gonna happen so uh, from this quarterback class if i had to pick one it's trubisky but i'm not super confident there i know some people really like mahomes i am not a mahomes fan his footwork is atrocious i can't back somebody that throws off their back foot all day after watching cutler for years and he's even worse um Davis Webb is about the only dart throw I might put out there where out of Cal, he's, he might have a shot. And uh, you mentioned with the Bears quarterback situation, obviously they have their guy for the future now, and that is uh, Mike Lennon. So uh, uh, good, good luck with that uh, over the next uh, season and a half to two seasons. Uh, the other question now next up is uh, maybe some mid-round prospects uh, that you've in your time looking through the debut report, some guys maybe in that kind of third to, to five uh, round range that uh, you think – could have a, a nice value for NFL teams. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to give a shout out to my my former um, my alma mater where I used to coach at Western Kentucky. I like Taewon Taylor quite a bit, wide receiver there. Uh, he's got the the athleticism. He makes plays. He might he's not physical. You know that's that's his downfall. But I think he's really going to help an NFL team there, uh, being a playmaker. Uh, Josh Malone is a guy I've always been high on out of Tennessee. But 6'2", he's running the 4'4 range. He's really athletic as well. He made a lot of big plays last year at Tennessee. And Tennessee's been a place that's really been underwhelming for good wide receiver 
prospects to go and not develop. So I think there's a lot more untapped potential there for Josh Malone. Um, and if I were to go running back, um, I do like Marlon Mack out of South Florida. I think that he has a little bit more uh, juice there than people will give him a little bit credit for. And uh, and I think the best story, the one that everyone needs to cheer for, is James Conner out of yeah. Pitt. Yeah. The guy that had cancer, came back, um, still had a great year. And he, he just plays football how you want to see. He's tough. He wants to run over people, breaks tackles. So he's a guy I'm cheering for as well. And uh, the next one, uh, the next question up, this one I know Doug uh, put to me on a, a Twitter DM. Obviously, there's a, a growth of uh, in the Devi leagues, as I mentioned at the start. You know, I've got involved in a few over the last uh, year and a half, uh, something that I, I was in a lot of dynasty leagues, but not Devi leagues. But then when you're moving into the growth of NFL fantasy as well, uh, do you think we'll see a bigger interest uh, in the coming kind of season and a half in, in college fantasy football? Or do you think it's just going to be more of the kind of diehard uh, dynasty players that continue to get into the Devi leagues? Um, I, I think just fantasy football in general has been such a great industry. I mean, look, we, we have this successful podcast right here that you guys have started, you know, and, and I have a couple of them going and things just continually evolve yeah. that I think that you're going to see more like IDP is something that's really taken a lot of you Big know time. teeth on. People are going yeah. into that. And in the beginning, I remember I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. I still don't. <laughs> I can't. I too can't many do players. that and be sane. You know, yeah, it's too many. But and I, th- I think Debbie's just another part of that where people I mean, there's college fantasy leagues. I'm in I'm in one of those. So I think it's something that will expand. Um, and I think things like my report, things, you know, you guys talking about or people talking about Twitter, it's just going to help that. Um, I mean, two quarterback leads. I mean, that's getting bigger. So yeah. I think it's it's going to continue. I don't know how big um, for, for the sake of my product. I hope it goes bigger. But um, <laughs> but I, th- I think the, the cool part about this is that now there's so many different uh, ways people can go about a cool industry and enjoy it themselves. So if you really like college, you can do Debbie. If you really like defense, you can go IDP or salary cap or whatever. So yeah. there's as many ways you can go at it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things develop over the next couple of years. If you look at maybe three or four years ago, you know, people in dynasty leagues, it was something extremely different uh, if people were just in fantasy leagues uh, as a redraft purpose. And now, you know, as you mentioned with IDP, Superflex, so many different ways and so many different crazy types of leagues. And uh, I'm in a lot of them, mainly due to the way Scott Fisher runs his leagues, but uh, there's a, a lot of crazy leagues out there. So definitely, I know a lot of our listeners uh, are redraft players and if you're listening at this time of the year you're probably into dynasty but if you're not uh, definitely something that i would recommend getting into and it's kind of like uh, maybe a drug you start off you're just starting redraft then you get into dynasty and you just keep going and keep going and uh, nick and, uh, and next time we talk to nick he'll probably be in two or three idp leagues but uh, we'll see we'll see what happens there it was a quiet news week in the nfl front this um this week really uh, some signings made a uh, true free agency but the big kind of news that came out over the last few days was cam newton is going to undergo sur- surgery on his throwing shoulder uh, they hoped that it would uh, be recovered you know just with rest and so on recuperation but it hasn't been the case it's a partly torn rotator cuff and he's questionable for the start of training camp uh, i don't think that he's going to have any doubt that he's going to be ready for week one but always nick with a with a quarterback particularly on his throwing shoulder definitely uh, worrying to uh, have to go under the knife uh, are you concerned about cam newton heading into this season i know he had a big dip in form after becoming the nfl mvp two years ago when the panthers got to the super bowl but uh, i think he's been kind of underrated now as a, as a quarterback and i was expecting him to kind of regress back to the mean uh, last year was his lowest number of passing touchdowns the year before was his highest number so i was expecting him to fall somewhere in the middle of those two categories uh, does this injury concern you and uh, what's your outlook for cam heading into the season 
Yeah, yeah, it's concerning for me. I mean, I'm a I'm a quarterback guy. That's the position that I, I coached in college and, and and played in high school. And anytime that you have any injury to that shoulder, I mean, that's big time. I mean, when you want to look at a successful story, you look at Chad Pennington, right? He was the yeah. two time comeback player of the year. He had shoulder surgery on that throwing shoulder twice, and you could see that his arm strength continually got worse. And with Cam, he had plenty of arm strength. And and how you know how much is he going to lose? Is he going to lose any at all? Is he going to be hesitant to take hits on that shoulder? Um, you know, he's already taken a lot of extra hits to his head, which is stinks for him. Yeah. Uh, I think the refs need to call that tighter. So that that is concerning for me. Now, you know, again, I think that team really let him down uh, this last year. I mean, we're talking earlier about. Corey Davis, you know, I think the Panthers are a team that could take him in round one, give Cam some support and some weapons that can really help him out and take pressure off. Um, but I think this is something we need to monitor. We need to monitor how he's progressing and how, um, you know, how dedicated he is even to coming back. I mean, sometimes it's, it must be, you know, it's difficult to come back from injuries. Like, oh, I don't know how, how hard I want to push in rehab, things like that. So I'm going to be reading like nuggets and, and things like that to see what doctors are saying, what Cam's saying over the summer. So, so I'm just curious, how much of the blame, uh, I, I'm not sure you call it blame necessarily, but how much of, of, you know, proportionary would you say that, you know, compared to 20, you know, 15, 2016, how much of that is on Cam's performance and if there's anything that's, that's changed about him or his play style or anything like that? And how much of it is based off of, you know, the other things around him, such as, you know, he had, a, you know, a, a, a near 30-year-old running back who was injured uh, last year. You know, he has a receiving core that's not necessarily the most consistent and, and very young for the most part besides Greg Olson. And also just an offensive line that struggled at times to, to give him, you know, proper protection. How much do you pin on that, you know, the sort of the outside part of his game as opposed to him himself? You know what? I think I think I put more of it on the rest of the team that I do on Cam. But when you have – and this is why year in and year out, we see teams that lose at the Super Bowl have a very bad year the next year. It, it's been a kind of a continual yep. thing because, hey, look, we're good. We don't have to work as hard in the offseason. And that's likely what happened. Now, again, the Panthers had injuries, you know. But, again, they had Kelvin Benjamin this year. They didn't have him the year before we went to the Super Bowl. And now look what happened, you know. So I think it's one of those things where maybe they, didn't, they weren't as hungry. And, you know, that goes all the way back to we talked about Sutton and Davis, work ethic. Maybe that work ethic wasn't there for all of them, you know, but I hope they're hungry now because that's one talented team and they're about to get, you know, a, a pick back. You know, how is Keckley going to come back from his concussion thing? All that. So I think they're going to be better. I know they addressed the offensive line a little bit and they need to get Cam some weapons, um, but I'm still worried. I mean, throwing shoulder with a quarterback and taking hits, that's never a good thing. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, as well, you mentioned uh, work ethic. I mentioned that, I think it was on the podcast two weeks ago, but the one thing that they, ca- they cannot uh, test for at the Combine is, kinda, you know, that work ethic, the the love of the game and how much actually you want it because you can put in all that effort until you get the, you know, the dollars when you land in the NFL. It's often hard to uh, see how much these guys wanted then after that their point. So I think that's uh, something to, to watch out for. And with Cam as well, uh, no throwing on that shoulder for three months. Uh, so that's another bit of time. And, you know, you mentioned as well, Cam's a guy, obviously very uh, muscular, well-built. I, I don't think you get that without a lot of time uh, working out and trying to keep in shape. So, you know, Cam as well could be a type of guy that maybe goes in there a little bit too early, maybe pushes a little bit too hard. So we'll see. Hopefully we see him back uh, before week one for the preseason and we see him 
uh, back doing his thing this year. The other piece of news kind of coming out is Marshawn Lynch possibly coming back into the NFL. Last time we've seen him was with the Seahawks. Uh, had a, kind of an injury-ridden kind of year and a half to, to finish off his time there. But still at this point in time, I, I believe he's still younger than Adrian Peterson. He hasn't played now for, say, at the time when the season will be starting up for 14 months. Uh, if he did land in Oakland, what do you think is uh, kind of role would be would you be uh, confident in uh, him having a nice season uh, at the running back position and as well with uh, guys like him on the market at the moment as long as well as adrian peterson um would you rather have marshawn lynch if he is in in shape and uh, comes back onto the field well i think oakland's this year is is dallas the year before right i mean w- wait till they get some running back behind this offensive line you <laughs> know they're gonna back. be well, christian michael. michael gets behind <laughs> dallas's line you know, like it's just it's it's one of those things. I, I think Lynch is done. I don't think Lynch is going to come back. I think it's more of a, a name thing at this point. It's just like AP, yeah. just like Jamal Charles. They're they're old and they're not as good anymore. They're just not. I mean, when you know, if if, if we were to take fourteen months off from our job and come back, how good would we be? Now again, and this is a, the most physical game out there. Yeah at the toughest position, I, I just don't see it. I don't see him coming back and running for 1,200 yards or more and being beast mode. I don't. If he comes back, I think it's going to be a timeshare. I think he's going to be sluggish. He's probably going to have to work himself back into shape. Um, and I think people just kind of got overzealous with this. They think of beast mode when he's 26, and he's not that young anymore. I, I will say that I'm excited, and I think he's not done. No, I, I, in all seriousness, <laughs> you know, you know, we look at it, you know, you, you, see, you made a good comparison. You know, Oakland is the Dallas this year, uh, you know, and then they got Zeke and, the, and look what happened. Uh, you know, I, I think the one thing we have to look at is, you know, even a average quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, average running back like Latavius Murray, who I'm not a big fan of. I think he was still like top five in rushing touchdowns, even though he missed. I think he had 10 rushing touchdowns. You know, but that's my point is that, you know, some average guy can do well behind that line. Uh, now, granted, the whole hype bear, like like Nick said, you know, Marshawn Lynch could be coming back. Um, you know, I will sacrifice my firstborn to have him on my fantasy team next year <laughs> if he goes behind Oakland's line. No, but you know, I, I think it's a situation where you bring up a good point. This is probably the most physically demanding position to come back from in a situation like this, where you're you're out, you know, for you know, 14 months, for example. You're, I think he's what 30, 31 now. Um, where you know he's got to get back in shape but also be able to take that contact and still have the same abilities as he did before even behind a great offensive line like Oakland it's hard to get excited about it necessarily just because it, it's like one of those boxers coming back from comeback tours uh can you really expect him to be I think George Foreman came back like four times and he didn't do shit I don't know why I, just take off the podcast. I don't know why I said that I don't know why I even mentioned that um but <laughs> welcome to the box but podcast. no I, I think if, yeah yeah welcome I'm, we're gonna talk about conor mcgregor and, and uh we can and, talk uh, about conor mcgregor no we're not talking about conor mcgregor um but <laughs> i'm off track no but I, I think that you know it'll be interesting to see if he does come back but i, I have to agree with you nick just in general it's hard to imagine him coming back and getting 200, 225, 250 touches uh, a year, you know, that year and, and, and being a, a consistent running back when he's been out of the game that long. He's at an age where usually running backs decline and just he hasn't we don't know what kind of shape he's in, how much how good a shape he can get into, uh, you know, for for game action. So it, it's it's fun 
but it's hard to imagine him being the beast mode of old. I'm going to bang through some uh, uh, questions now with Nick to see who he would be buying, selling, stashing, or cutting this offseason. And I've kind of tried to make these uh, relatively tough with the names. Uh, I've come up with four names in each bracket, and then I'm going to put Nick on the spot. And I was looking through them uh, you know, as I did them, and I found it quite hard to actually split them down. So we'll see how Nick goes in this and uh, if we agree or disagree with what he has to say. The first one up, all wide receivers. We have Jordan Matthews, obviously. he's gonna, His role is going to be changed. He's heading back into the slot this year with, Jar- or with uh, Alshon Jeffrey signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. John Brown, who had a down year last year with the Cardinals. Deshaun Jackson's headed over to Tampa Bay. Should be a nice option there for them. And then Branton Marshall heading across New York. Uh, to the Giants so Nick out of those is there any of them that you're well I want you to pick one but which way are you going to do it buy sell stash or cut uh, and particularly in dynasty leagues so again I just want to double check the rules I have to pick one to buy one to sell one to stash one to cut right and I have them written down here what I would do and I I have scribbled a few lines through them which I found quite difficult to, to pick them out yeah no it's a it's a tough game so i'm glad glad you're doing this to me um i guess if i had to pick one if i had to pick one to buy we'll just do that off the bat i would buy brandon marshall which is the one that probably people wouldn't buy because brandon marshall is one heck of a player it's not based on speed it's based on physicality the jets were a mess last year and any year he could put up 100 receptions plus and do it so he'd be my buy just because of price it's going to be cheap right now um in terms of a stash uh, my stash is Jordan Matthews. As you said, he's going back into the slot. He's still young. Yeah. Um, I think with with once there, um, Torrey Smith is terrible. He's not going to be anything for me. Uh, and Jeffrey is only there for one year. So, I mean, he could be gone, and Matthews could be the one, wide receiver one there in one year. So I think that getting too low on him uh, might be you know bad for dynasty owners. So I would stash him unless you get a good offer. I'd sell Deshaun Jackson. I like him in Tampa. I like the fit for the NFL team yeah. for fantasy wise. I don't know how crazy that's going to get uh, in terms of, of numbers. And, you know, it's going to be a good week here or there, but uh, he's always kind of been that way. And I like him. I've always liked him more as an NFL player than a fantasy guy. And then my cuts, John Brown, which I know is probably surprising. Uh, hurting me. Um, I don't like the quarterback there at all. I don't yeah. know what they're going to be doing there at quarterback. It's kind of a mess. I know he had the, the, I don't know what it was, sickness last year. Sickle cell. Um, yeah, yeah which, which, which stinks. But, again, he's, he's not as young as you think, and he hasn't really ever done it. And yeah. so I guess he'd be the one I'd cut if I cut any of them. Yeah, he's always been that guy who's kind of sparkled at times, you know, showing flashes. And he's a player that this time last year I was super, super high on. I pretty much own him in the vast majority of all my dynasty leagues. And, uh, you know, Carson Palmer towards the end of last season did play a little bit better than he was at the start of the year. But we'll see uh, what what we get from him uh, as this season goes on. It's hard to, to be uh, confident in him. He was a player that I was going to stash. But uh, the Jordan Matthews move inside, I do like that. I'm, I'm quite high on Jordan Matthews since he came into the NFL. And I think, you know, if you look at what he's done, he's not the best player in the NFL but you need those guys who are going to put up consistent points and he is somebody uh, who over the last few years I've been able to rely on a number of times uh, next group up and it's going to be another one maybe some of these you'll maybe you are uh, quite confident on but I, I'm kind of close with all these guys in the way I would rank them if Kenny Britt Pierre Garçon uh, Adam Thielen got a new contract from the Vikings last week and uh, you mentioned Branton Marshall a minute ago well we're going to see how him going to New York affects this guy and I know Doug likes him it's Sterling Shepard uh, I've never been a huge huge Sterling Shepard guy but uh, out of those guys which way are you going with the, the buy sell stash and cut again 
So my buy, my buy is Adam Thielen. I'm a huge Adam Thielen fan. He's actually a good football player. I know people are down on him because of Treadwell, I guess, or whatever else, or because of maybe his probably race. I'm going to throw probably, that out there. Probably because he's undrafted as well. Yeah, and he went undrafted. Yeah, I mean, it takes people sometimes Adam can play. time to come around. Yeah, he's good. He's a good football player. They gave him a contract because he's good. <laughs> Talking about race. Throwing out the oh, no. You know? Yeah, so, no, I, I mean, and when you look at what he did last year, and again, this is a numbers thing, yeah. based on targets, he was unbelievably efficient. So, I, he's my buy. Um, my hold is actually Kenny Britt. Uh, Kenny Britt had some decent numbers last year. I don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback position, but I don't think that his values is, is great right now, but I think he can put up some decent numbers. So that's why he'd be a hold. My, um, my sell would be Sterling Shepard. I've never been a huge fan of him. OBJ is always going to eat into his numbers. Now Sorry, Marshall Doug. is, and I think, and I think that I think that you could get a lot for him right now. Yeah. But I don't know how much he's going to develop. Like the the Sterling Shepard people think he could become is probably not going to happen until 2018, 2019. So right now is the time to capitalize if you, you want to sell. Bite your tongue. <laughs> And uh, Pierre Garçon, I'm just, I'm just not a fan. I'm sorry, no. I don't believe the, I don't believe he's going to do a whole lot. Not even as the well, only, on, only I, guy in I, I uh, San Francisco. I must, in, I must interject here. I must interject. Go ahead, Garçon. Sterling Shepard was one thing, but Garçon is another. I love Pierre Garçon in this destination. I think Calm was bringing it up, but I, I was too mad <laughs> to wait. Um, no, I, I think I have to disagree. And this is a tough group to really cut somebody in. I think they're all could be decent, if not better than that, um, fantasy producers. I just – depend. and granted, this is a big if, depending on uh, quarterback situation in San Francisco. You're going to expect – you're going to see Kyle Shanahan feed the ball to one or two guys maybe. he did. He's done the same thing wherever he's gone as an offensive coordinator. Uh, granted, he's a, he's a head coach now. But Garcon, when he was with Shanahan, with a decent – Robert Griffin III, I think that's an oxymoron because I don't think he's ever been decent. Um, but, you know, look what he did. Look what he did as a, as a number one guy. He was a, a PPR stud, you know, and, and he was a really reliable guy. He was still reliable last year, even though he's fighting for targets with, you know, Deshaun Jackson, Jamison Crowder, Jordan Reed. Um, so I, I think that Garcon, even though the quarterback situation may not be ideal, I'm actually a fan of Brian Hoyer. And I think that <sighs> Brian Hoyer, even as his shut up! What? Shut up! He's a fan uh, of Brian Hoyer. I'm a fan of Brian Hoyer. I think he's been underrated. Not saying he's Hall of Famer, <laughs> but come on. Look what he did with Chicago before he broke his leg. I, think I, I watched every game. Yeah, he checked down. Checked down, checked down, checked down. So, it's it just fan, fancy when we're it comes gonna, down to it. Isn't it just numbers? Uh, we're going to have to we'll have to cut Doug's mic, oh. I think. Here. We'll have to cut Doug's mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I just... I, 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 I don't know. I don't I do, I, well, I don't think I'm a fan of Brian Hoyer, but I do think that there is value to Pierre Garçon at his current value, but I did have him in this particular group down as a cut uh, based on uh, yes! the, the other players that are in it. But God I, I'm winning. damn it, you guys. You're going to regret it. I have to say, though, I do own him in a couple of teams, and his value is really not very high, but I do think he is somebody with the opportunity that should be there. He should uh, obviously get in. I think he's going to get around 100 targets this year, and he should put something through with them. And you, Again, I mentioned earlier with Jordan Matthews, you need players who are going to get them opportunities. Sometimes with 
uh, fantasy rather than actual real life football it's the opportunities to get those points you need sometimes the players that aren't that good see last year's Latavius Murray uh, to uh, get those points and get those touchdowns so we'll see what happens then you mentioned uh, Stash and Kenny Britt I actually bought Kenny Britt prior to free agency in uh, quite a few leagues this year I didn't really particularly like the, the landing spot with the Browns and the quarterback situation but I think uh, he still has an opportunity to do something there uh, running through another few of them very quickly here uh, tight ends up next I have Mart- Martellus Bennett signing with the Packers Jared Cook has landed with the Oakland Raiders. C.J. Fedorowicz last year had a nice season with the Texans, although his quarterback situation, well, it can't really get any worse, but uh, we'll see what happens there. And then Jack Doyle signed a new extension uh, with the Colts, and then obviously he is the uh, only real tight end left on the roster. Um, you know, So out of those guys, who are you uh, interested in? Are you buying any of the, the free agent moves over the last week? I'm going to buy C.J. Fedorowicz because I think Tony Romo is going to go there. And we know what he did with Jason Witten. And I think Fedorowicz is actually a pretty solid player. So that's why he'd be my buy. And based on price, because he's pretty cheap right now. Uh, my stash would be Jack Doyle. Again, another Western Kentucky shout out there. So I'm biased. But they have uh, they have Swope there too. So he actually, he's an okay um, like, you know, lotto ticket throw there. Yeah. yeah. But um, there's definitely going to be options there in that passing game. And, and he produced and now there's no Dwayne Allen and, and people thought it was kind of a fluke last year. Well, they just signed him. So there's no reason why uh, my cut would be Jared cook. We've, we've been down this road. How many times are we going to play this game? You know? <laughs> um, and then my cell is Martellus Bennett, which is probably surprising, but he's on his fifth nope. NFL team. And there is, you know, obviously he's a good player. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But based on what his price is right now, is it ever going to be any higher than it is right now? He, and he misses games. Um, you don't know how long he's going to stay in Green Bay for. They spread it out a lot. They don't feed one player. Have they ever fed a tight end a whole lot? They haven't really done that. Even with Finley, he wasn't like a tight end one. He was like a tight end like seven maybe at yeah. best. So you know, now they have Adams and and Jordy and Cobb and you know, so I, I to me I think that he would be a sell right now just because you're gonna get the most value for him. Yeah, definitely. If you think about what his value was maybe six weeks ago to what it is now, definitely that would be an option. Uh, I don't sell Jared Cook based on just uh, you know we've seen. I, I was hopefully that he would go back to Green Bay, but I just think uh, you know we've kind of seen what he he does, and I think with Cook the the problem is, and I don't like uh, you know playing the injury card, but it's hard to get him consistently on the field over an entire season. C.J. Fedorowicz uh, had a nice year last year. It was interesting. I was very high on C.J. Fedorowicz, you know, last year, particularly streaming quarterbacks and so on. But um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how he goes with Ryan Griffin back there with a contract as well. And the last couple of ones we have to go here. Doug, I'll get your opinion on these ones. Uh, we have Eddie Lacy, Latavius Murray, Jamal Charles, who is obviously still looking for a team at the moment, and then Danny Woodhead, who signed with the Chargers, and obviously his value helped with Kenneth Dixon getting that four-game suspension. So, Doug, out of those ones, um, who are you buying, selling, stashing, and cutting? Can I buy none of them? No, um, <laughs> but it's really an uninspiring group, and I'll yep. tell you why. Eddie Lacy, I think, probably is in the best chance to put up fantasy points. But here, there's a couple problems with this. One, he's going to have to compete with a couple other guys, mainly Thomas Rawls and C.J. Procyse, who I believe is next coming of, of running back Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but my my other issue is that the offensive line is still not good. It's still in shambles. Definitely not good. It's, it's really hard to work with. And plus, the other thing is, is Eddie Lacy? I think that there are probably some like offensive linemen that are probably like way less than Eddie Lacy. 
you don't see a running back very often get a weight clause in there. So look at some of the guys who have weight clauses in their contracts, at least that, they, that have been reported. Alan Branch, Don Terry Poe, guess what they are? They're defensive tackles. They are not running backs. Running backs should not have to have weight clauses in their contract. It's really, 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 really sad when a running back can't get under 260, which yeah. is what he was reported at. You know, this guy, I think when he came out of the league, he was still a pretty big guy, I would say, like, in that 220, 230 range, if not, you know, leaner than that. And the fact that he's ballooned in two straight off seasons where weight has been a big issue really concerns me because I wonder how much of his poor conditioning and poor ability to stay in shape causes ankle injury. Now, granted, it, it was a pretty serious ankle injury. I'm not saying that all of it is based off of conditioning and weight training. But you really have to wonder, can he last an entire season without getting hurt or just getting simply gassed, especially running behind such a poor offensive line with his weight issues? So I'm going to have to – I'm going to probably have to – oh, God. Um, sell, cut, stash. I'll probably I'll probably sell him. I'm probably going to sell him okay. uh, because he's on a one-year contract. So I don't know how much he can do in that one year. Um, and I think that people are like, oh, well, he'll do really good in Seattle, and hopefully someone idiot will buy that and, and buy for me. Um, in regards to my my buy, I'm going to probably go with uh, Danny Woodhead. Yep. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Danny Woodhead, um, you know, a lot of people think of him as some third down back, some receiving down back. Definitely what he is. He's definitely a guy who can catch the ball. And, and make plays on third downs and, and, and be a good option out of, the, out of the backfield. But he also ran the ball quite a bit, I believe, with San Diego, uh, especially before Melvin Gordon really broke out. And, you know, I think he's a guy who is going into a very muddled situation with Baltimore. Now, granted, everybody's like, whoa, Kenneth Dixon showed really well. But that's that's great. Kenneth Dixon showed really well, and then they went and, and he got suspended. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. This is also the team that I believe supposedly passed on Laramie Tunsil because of that weed video. Where I, I don't, maybe I'm maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but I just think that a player that was talked up about and then gets suspended probably isn't on the best good graces with a team. And then you know, there's just I think what is there Terrence West after him? It's yeah. just a very muddled situation. I think they have a decent offensive line, uh, even though they lost Ricky Wagner. So I, I think he's a guy who could not only get receiving work on third downs, especially because uh, the Ravens are one of the, the most pass-heavy offenses in the league. Plus, they just, you know, uh, Joe Flacco doesn't have a lot of guys, reliable guys to throw to, especially now that they might be releasing Dennis Pitta, I, I guess, if he doesn't agree to a, uh, a pay cut or something like that. So I think he could really get a lot of work, not just on third downs, but just early rushing down work as well. I'm not saying he's going to be a feature back, but, you know, he's coming off any sales surgery. I get it. But I think he's a guy who could be in line for a lot of work and showed well before it. So he's my he's my buy guy, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'll go through the other two real quick. Uh, Latavius Murray, I'm going to have to stash for now just because I don't believe in him. No. But still, he somehow got 10 rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah. So I have a feeling if they were to improve their offensive line... Not going to happen. I know it won't happen, but <laughs> I can guess. Um, and the fact that he signed for $5 million a year over yeah. three years, yeah. that has to tell me that, that Minnesota has some sort of faith in him. So maybe he can carve out a role. Maybe their offensive line gets better. 
maybe the Vikings actually become a decent football team on offense. I don't know. Besides Thielen and, and uh, Kyle Rudolph and, and Stefan Diggs, actually that's quite a bit. Uh, regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna stash him and hope that they make improvements to their offensive line, and maybe maybe he gets some sort of fantasy relevance. And I'm gonna sell Jamal Charles, and I hate it. And cut, the, you no. have to cut, cut. Yeah, I cut him, cut. cut him, cut him, cut him. I'm gonna cut Jamal Charles here. Part of it is he he's coming off of what is it two straight ACL tears, yeah. or it's just. I, I like the guy. I really do. I, I think he's one of the most – in his prime, he was one of the best running backs of all time. I think he leads the NFL in – Five yards of carry. Yeah, five yards of carry. It's just one of the most dynamic players there ever has been, I think. Uh, unfortunately, injuries kind of short. We've seen that a lot with other running backs in Kansas City, like Priest Holmes, for example, who's still one of the greatest running backs I think I've ever watched. Um, but he still isn't signed. They're about to go – the NFL is about to – have a whole class of running backs that some might not even get drafted that might deserve to be just because of how deep it is. I just don't know if Jamal Charles has anything left. He'll probably sign with the team. I'm confident in that, but I don't know if he's going to have a role. I don't know how much he has left. I'm going to probably cut him just because it's not a good omen for him. And I, I think as much as I hate to admit it, I think his time might be at an end soon. Yeah, I think it's time is at an end. The only way he's going to have success in the NFL is as a third down back and I think he still has the potential and limited touches to, to have success but I think as we've seen last year the explosiveness didn't really look to be there in his runs uh, and we'll see how he recovers from this injury as well this year obviously there was huge uh, concern last year you know there was swelling in his knees he had to go it kind of was a failed recovery from an ACL so we'll see We'll see what happens uh, with Jamal, but you know, an all-time great, particularly in fantasy football terms, uh, as to what he done with the Kansas City Chiefs. You mentioned Eddie Lacy too. My concern always with Lacy as a Packers fan was, I don't think you know we kind of mentioned as well uh, about players, you know, their work ethic, work commitment. I, I just don't think Lacy loves uh, the game of American football. It's just something that he happens to be very good at, and I think that's kind of the issue with uh, his dedication uh, off the field uh, to being an NFL player. And uh, with that there, um, obviously I mentioned at the start of the show that there's uh, Nick has given away a copy of the Debbie Report uh, to one of the OTI listeners and I'm going to let you know now as to how you can win that. All you have to do is uh, follow, uh, obviously you are probably at this time following at Overtime Ireland on Twitter uh, to win the copy of it. You also have to follow Nick on Twitter which is at underscore Nick Whalen and of course I want you as well to retweet the podcast link that I will have uh, pinned at the top Ooh. of our uh, profile uh, on at Overtime Ireland. So uh, that is again follow Nick at underscore Nick Quill and retweet the podcast link. The competition is going to be open until Sunday evening and uh, then we will pick out a winner randomly as to who gets that copy off the Debbie Report. And it is something that uh, is very, very uh, well worth getting. Uh, if you don't win the copy, you can also buy it as well on thedebbiereport.com. It is $10, as Nick mentioned earlier. Definitely worth checking out. Huge amount of information on the prospects coming into the NFL and even some players uh, you know, that will be returning to college next season so you can kind of get ahead of the game with that as well. Thanks as always, Nick, for your time on the show, and uh, w- thanks for the, the. Hopefully, the Debbie report goes um, hugely successfully for you this year. And anyone that wants to enter that competition, make sure they do as we uh, head through the weekend. Uh, as always, it's been our pleasure, Nick. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good day. And with that, that'll bring us to the end of the show. Uh, obviously, Doug's on Twitter at NFL. I'm on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Be sure you're following both of those accounts to to find out all the stuff we've got going on throughout the week. And uh, as always, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes and uh, get the podcast once it goes live. 
And when the music ends at the end of the podcast, uh, stay tuned if you want to hear Doug doing his impersonation of me uh, intro in, into the show. So next week I'll have to come back with uh, some different uh, lingo as, uh, as I enter into the podcast. So till then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. Oh, welcome back to your tap podcast. I'm joined by our host, Colin Kelly. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Doug Moore. Doug, I'll, ha- I'll have you? to change... I'm great, calm. I'll change up my words then, okay? Let's go to start it. <laughs> <laughs>